The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. My name is Wayne Shepherd, and privileged to be here with Pastor P today. It's good to be back with you, my friend. Let's do this. All right. We're, we're talking today about ministry starts when you show up. So being present is really important. Again, understanding the fact that at the end of the day, what God wants for us to do is to show up in order to show out. Right. Say it one more time. Okay. He wants us to show up in order to show out. We cannot show out the love, the faith, the hope, and the care of God if we do not show up and be present. But certainly that's for you professional chaplains to do. That's not for for me, right? Well, that, that is a misnomer, and of course people do think that, and it's one of the reasons why I believe they call it the 80-20 rule of what happens inside of local churches. You know, 80% of the people are watching, 20% of people do the work there, and the fact of the matter is this is a participatory sport. We must get engaged, get in the game, and get off of the sideline and quit playing uh, armchair quarterback. We've got to get involved. And so that's everyone. The chaplains obviously play a huge role, and we'll talk uh, and we'll hear about that role. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we're encouraging people to get involved and get in the game. We're saying that uh, relationship is important to the healing process. Well, because when, when we understand how the human composite makeup of man is constructed, Man was created for direct interaction and relationship with others. It's the first key dynamic of why God created mankind. God needed and wanted interaction and relationship. And so he created man with the same need to reciprocate that. And so when we understand that component, it's one of the reasons why when we we talk about uh, people who are clinically depressed and individuals who are suffering from, in some cases, mental illness, in many cases, the common denominator is people who are isolated, secluded, without family, without loved ones, you know, they find themselves living on the streets, disconnected, or in many cases, simply cut off from society in meaningful ways because of various circumstances in life. This message is going to come through very clearly from our guest today. You're going to go one-on-one, chaplain-on-chaplain here today, aren't you? And it's my privilege to do that. Chaplains are very special people, and chaplains receive have received a lot of abuse over the years because of misunderstanding about the role of ministry that a chaplain plays because it's not in front of the church. It's not inside of the four walls of the mm-hmm. congregation, and in some cases really devalued and not really appreciated for the grunt work, the yeoman-like work that is done done day in and day out uh, in the in the grind of the day of people sitting inside of local hospitals. We'll meet your fellow chaplain in just a few moments here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our featured resource this week is The Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. And Percy, you, you've written this uh, resource. Thank you for providing this. Again, designed for the same purpose of what the conversation is being driven around today understanding the fundamental dynamics of engagement and interaction and relationship until we begin to invest in the emotional needs of individuals and or cancer patients, we won't really be able to service them and serve them 
with the compassion and the love that God desires one to be served by. So this document is designed to give people practical insights. It's free. Uh, Download it, share it, and give it to as many people as you can that will equip us to understand the emotional needs of cancer patients. You'll be richer for having this downloadable resource right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It talks about being physically present, being a source of joy, being a reminder of goodness, and being a source of comfort and compassion. Who doesn't want to be those things in someone's life? Absolutely. And if you don't want to be that, that needs to be on your bucket list of things to do (laughs) soon. Download Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast. Those of you who are subscribers are just a tremendous encouragement to us. And then you won't miss an episode of the program each week when you subscribe. Do one more thing. Leave a review of this podcast on iTunes as well, because that helps others know what you gain and helps introduce them to uh, listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Well, Percy, uh, I'm going to ask you to turn to Scripture in a moment, but first, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling the phone number at the top of our homepage. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, you are the voice of inspiration, sir, and you've got uh, the book of inspiration in your hand right now. So with that, let's give some inspiration then. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 24 and 25, really helps to establish the conversation for today and the theme of today. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, we are being encouraged to spur one another on, to cheer on each other, and to support one another. And that's exactly the conversation that we're going to talk about today. Yes, right now, let's travel with our own Pastor P to Noonan, Georgia, to meet today's guest. Well, with me today is Reverend Ken Waldrop, and he is a chaplain who works for the Pastoral Care Department at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Southeastern Regional Medical Center in Noonan, Georgia. And it is my privilege to have you with us today, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Percy. Nice to meet you. All right. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you, my friend. Uh, You're a chaplain, huh? Uh, Yes, sir. Well, you know, I think I know a little bit about that. (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. Uh, And so I'm always excited to have uh, one of my colleagues and constituents uh, on the show. We've talked to several of our chaplains throughout the CTCA network, but I have not had an opportunity to speak with you, so I'm excited today to talk about chaplaincy. Let's first and foremost talk about your background. How did you get into chaplaincy and why? Well, before I became a chaplain at Southeastern, I was a youth pastor for eight years, um, and I did that through my undergrad and then also my seminary education. And after graduating from seminary, I just felt there was a deficit between what I was learning in the classroom Mm. and then application. I didn't know how to relate to people. I didn't know how to connect with people. I didn't know how to walk into a situation where I have no information and bring peace and comfort. So I found a um, education called CPE, Clinical Pastoral Education. My pastor recommended it. And I went to a local hospital system and went through that and absolutely fell in love 
with just walking into people's lives and walking with them through their health care let's say, issues or opportunities yeah. that they have? Well, one thing for sure, uh, and you, you hit the nail right on the head, pastoral health care, pastoral care, health care ministry is very different than any other type of ministry, certainly even within the framework of the four walls of the local church, because you do not have the benefit of pre-relationship. You've known people, you've gotten to know them. You're going in cold, fresh. Uh, you're meeting people from all sorts of different political, social, economic backgrounds, and you really have to develop a skill set that you create rapport and relationship with people that you don't know who are going through one of the more, uh, if not most difficult time in their life. And so you got your wish, my friend, and being able to learn how to interact with people in that regard. Welcome to the club. You've been doing pastoral care from a chaplaincy perspective at, at, at a, in a healthcare environment for how long? About four years. Okay. Let's talk about some of the things you've learned and seen because you're working primarily with the cancer population. Absolutely. Our show is dealing with health. Uh, we want to inspire people. We want to talk specifically about cancer, difficult conversation. What are some of the things that you've experienced and learned? We won't share anybody's personal information, of course, but scenarios of of things that God has enlightened you to and helped you to understand in walking this path of, pa- of clinical pastoral care. Absolutely. Um, each and every day I have an intake where I meet with new patients and I get to meet them where they are. Not pushing, but always supporting, connecting with them and showing them respect and dignity. Um, I base it out of Genesis 1 and 2 about Imago Day. The image of God. Mm-hmm. Everyone is made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. That means they have inherent value and inherent worth. That means I respect them no matter what, meet them where they are, and love my neighbor as I would love myself. Okay. And just invest in them. I always say I can talk about God, but I'll talk about football. Okay. And just to be able to connect with them where they are, make them lean into their faith and not away. Because we know when the pressure is put on, onto our lives, we can lean away from the things we, we hold tight to. Mm. And we want them to find strength through faith in this time. Because most institutions, I would say, might be cold, uh, might be sterile. But I like to create in my counseling room, in my chapel, a warm, open environment where you can be raw, you can be real, okay, and just allow people to say things they... They just want to say. Okay. So let me throw you a curveball. I remember my first month in chaplaincy many moons ago when I was a a mere lad with a full head of hair. And I remember a family member referring to me as the Grim Reaper Mm. when I came to visit their family member because the perception, Mm -hmm. at least at that time, 20 plus years ago, is that when someone of the clergy mm-hmm. came to visit you inside of a local hospital from the hospital, that meant you were dying. Right. That was that meant somebody was bringing bad news. Let's talk about the the scope of pastoral care today. Absolutely, twenty plus years later, with respect to the last comment that you made, we get to be pastors away from pastors. Um, where I serve, um, it's a destination hospital, so people leave their communities, they leave everything that they know, and they come here for treatment. That means they leave their family. Sometimes they leave the city where they grew up or where they live, and they leave their faith community. And here, I get to be their pastor away from pastor. So um, you're not the Grim Reaper. I'm not the Grim Reaper. A lot of people walk into the, the chapel and they think they're going to call the chaplain when they need the chaplain. I'm not that kind of chaplain. I'm just a pastor. I'm here to just speak life and faith into your journey. And how do you believe that impacts the healthcare journey? We're not saying 
nor do we ascribe to at the mm-hmm. Cancer Treatment mm-hmm. Centers of America that faith replaces medicine and science or a medical process. But how, in your opinion, does the role of being a pastor away from one's pastor inside of a, a health environment help to assist with the process, progress of health, healing, and wellness inside of the local hospital? Well, absolutely. It's where they still get connected with their faith because faith is vital. We know that God has gifted us with modern medicine. We know that it's his common grace that he's bestowed upon us. And it, it does an amazing thing for us. But we also know there's the human factor, that they must gain that strength from their, from their God to be able to say, you're going to be leading, you're going to be guiding, you're going to be directing this medication, mm. and that we know that there is the faith factor. Yeah. There is that connection between the mind, the body, and the spirit, and we must keep it all in balance. Okay. So how do you help or how do you work with that portion of the community for that person, that individual that says, listen, I don't have a faith. Faith is not important to me. I don't embrace faith. I don't need this. How do you support that patient? What are you doing with that individual? I'm a friend. I come in, I visit, um, we can talk football, we can talk soccer, um, just meet them where they are. Mm. Because loving your neighbor does not mean loving them because they agree with you. Mm. It just means loving your neighbor. Yeah, we something we can really use a lot more of in our current culture today, couldn't we? Absolutely. I think what happens in, in many cases, from an evangelistic perspective mm-hmm. of, of classically trained pastors and ministers, we're so focused on evangelizing right. and indoctrinating mm-hmm. And, 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 and recruiting for our team mm-hmm. that when we're not necessarily doing that, we in some cases may feel we're, right, we're really not doing the work of the ministry. We're not really serving God. What say you to that? I say we serve God in every aspect of our lives. We can, we can preach the gospel with our actions, not just with our words. Mm-hmm. And you can just be an example. When someone looks at me when I walk down the hall, I want them to say something's different. Well, I want to talk to him, mm-hmm. not for me, but for God. And then we can enter into those conversations that, they ha- that they're dealing with. I want them to trust me. They're not going to trust me if they feel like I'm there to change them. Yeah. And I want them to be able to trust me because I'm just here to be, like I've said over and over, I just want to be your friend. Yeah. I just want to be your friend. So you work with cancer patients. You work in a pretty difficult environment. Um, Often I'm asked when I travel, what do I do for a living? And I tell people, I almost see them run and hide with regard to the vocation of what I do and what I've done. And and I inevitably will get this response, man, that must be a really hard job. That must be really a, that's a lousy job you have. How do you feel personally about the work that you do? I, I think it's an insult to call your work a job. Right. The work of the ministry that you get to do in the context of healthcare and cancer patients and sometimes people who are gravely ill. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? What does that do to you? I get more out of what I do on a daily basis than I feel that I give. Because meeting people, like I've said, from all over the United States, from all many different backgrounds, denominations, I learn so much from them. And sometimes just being present with them is all that I need. Well, I, but I, I'm not of your denomination. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't belong to your your evangelistic affiliation. Mm-hmm. How are you gonna get something from me? We don't even agree on the same thing spiritually. How's that working? Well, I'm playing devil's uh, advocate. Absolutely, here. absolutely. Well, just be there. 
Um, like I said, we don't always have to agree. Yeah. They, you know, we're here to, we can agree to disagree, but there are commonalities. Yeah. There's commonalities of faith. Yeah. There's commonalities of family. There really are. There are commonalities of environment and church culture that we can lean into, mm-hmm. that we don't have to be Baptist or Methodist. That I have found that there are greater similarities than there are differences. Okay. And that the walls that we thought were there didn't even really exist at all mm. because we're just people of faith. So going forward, what do you envision or do you envision pastoral care being uh, more prominent, less prominent in its role in the health environment? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you work in a very user-friendly environment Absolutely. from a faith-based perspective. Uh, that may not necessarily be the case across the board. What do you think is the role of faith going forward uh, with, with the ongoing progression of techniques in medicine and science? Well, I think it's still a vital role. I think it's that human factor that we can treat. We can treat the body. We can treat the mind. But what about the spirit? Yeah. What about the spirit? One of the first times I ever made a hospital visitation was in CPE. And I remember being terrified. It was first time cold call, knock on the door. I walk in and there's this lady mm. and she's laying there and she's just had surgery and she had a radical surgery. And I walked in there, and her doctor had been there, you know, maybe even the psychology department had been there. Mm-hmm. But I walked in there, and I'm like, she's not going to want to talk to this young, short guy who just knocked on the door. Mm. And she said, please sit down. Mm. My family didn't, wasn't there. Her family wasn't there. And I just held her hand because her life had changed for the better, yeah. but her life had changed. And if we do not have those dedicated to the human spirit within the four walls of a hospital, we're not doing our patient's service. What's the one thing that you'd like to leave and impart to this audience from a faith perspective in relationship to their medical care as it pertains to sickness and disease? Get connected with your community. You cannot be a Lone Ranger Christian. You can't, I'm going to take on this, I'm going to hold my maybe medical diagnosis to myself, okay. but I must share it because we're not made to go in a vacuum. We're made to bounce off each other. In Acts chapter 2, second half of the chapter, after the day of Pentecost, it talks about the believers forming a community, mm. bearing each other's burdens, yeah. giving everything that they have to each other. And of course, this is the Ken paraphrase, but God added to the community daily. Right. And there's a word that we translate as fellowship. And fellowship is like, in, in English means, you know, we meet, we eat, we sit on the back row. That's fellowship. Right. But what it truly means is doing life together. That means the highs and the lows. And without our community, how can we get through things? without sharing each other's burdens. And I, you're right. And I believe one of the um, Greek translations of the word fellowship means to the face, mm. face to face, breathing each other's breath. And you're right. That's different than what we think in many cases of general fellowship. That's really getting intimate and becoming one with individuals on a very personal level. Absolutely. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. And it sounds like that's what you bring to your work and to your ministry as a chaplain, allow me to say that it is my privilege and pleasure to know you, to meet you, and to be part of the work that you're doing in an indirect way. We salute you today. This is Reverend Ken Waldrop, chaplain at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan, Georgia. Uh, Today, my friend, go be well and be blessed. Thank you, sir. How we thank God for the chaplains at work in our midst, including you, Percy McRae, and of course, Ken as well. Absolutely. We love chaplains. I love chaplains. I must tell you, Wayne, 
When I initially entered into chaplaincy, I was generally not viewed as a real minister or it was as viewed as real ministry. Is that right? Yeah, like pastoring a congregation and, and very misunderstood, quite frankly, by mm. many people. But I tell you, 20 plus years later, I am grateful for being called and enabled to be a chaplain. Yeah, and you do it so well. Uh, We are the richer for having people like you in those roles as chaplains. Our featured resource is Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. You can download this written by our own Percy McRae at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. At Cancer Treatment Centers of America, they use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling the phone number at the top of our homepage. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, Percy, I think uh, I got the sense that you really enjoyed that conversation with Ken today. Well, I could commiserate with Pastor Ken and and understand from from where he sits uh, the internalization of really the value of chaplaincy and and the effect that it has upon you and what it takes to actually be an effective chaplain. One of the things that he shared that was very moving for both you and I, even as we uh, listened and understood was the fact that he talked about and he used the term Imago Dei, which basically means image of God. Yeah. Talking about everyone has value. As I often like to say, everyone should be placed in the MVP program. Of course, that's a sports term, uh-huh. most valuable person, but it means meaning, value, and purpose. Okay. When we help people to tap into the meaning and the value and the purpose that God has for them, and that is true for every human being, it will change and transform you in ways that will buoy you beyond just living and existing. But then you begin to experience what uh, the Word of God says is that I came to give you life and life more abundantly. The word abundantly means zoe, the super life of God, is that Greek translation that you're not just getting by. You know, I I watch you and I study you, Wayne, with how you conduct your business and being a radio talk show host. There's There's a superness to your life. There's a richness to what you do because of your meaning, your value, and your purpose. Cancer patients need to be reminded that there is a meaning and a value and a purpose even in the midst of their journey. That's part of the role of the chaplain is to connect with that and to empower that inside of it. As you said with Ken, on a very human level. On a very human level. Regardless of whether we agree on everything in life or not. Well, you know, I'm, I'm coming to terms with the fact that, you know, this is not about agreement of everything. Everybody, you don't have to always be right all of the time. What you have to be is available and willing to connect with individuals and to enable an individual to have uh, a place on the map that that you acknowledge that there is meaning and value and purpose to that place on the map, even if you you may have some fundamental disagreements theoretically about X, Y, and Z. Being able to commit to the humanity of that individual 
was really the strength of Jesus Christ. No matter who he met, no matter who whom he came in contact with, he connected with their humanity and loved them right where they were and cut through all of the political, cultural, uh, dare I say, racial dynamics of his day when he began to minister the love of God to individuals. Well, this is a real challenge to my own heart today to hear the two of you talk about that and, and uh, you know, to be challenged to develop a relationship with people. You don't have to be a chaplain to do that. You don't have to be a chaplain to do that. Unfortunately, people uh, put titles and put people in boxes of what people do and don't do. At the end of the day, we all need to become better citizens of the planet and citizens of one another in terms of really engagement and understanding and valuing and empowering the value and the meaning and the purpose of other individuals. One of the things that was interesting to me that he stated when he uh, before he got into chaplaincy, though he had been formally trained in ministry, he acknowledged and admitted the fact that he was lacking in really being able to develop kind of interpersonal engagement with people and that he struggled with that. And chaplaincy forced him. I'm going to say it one more time. It forced him in many ways to engage with people who didn't look like him, mm-hmm. who didn't sound like him, yeah. who didn't come from his background or his environment. Boy, I hope I'm singing to the choir today <laughs> that at some, he was forced to engage with people outside of his scope of comfort for the common purpose of loving them through their circumstances and their situation. We feel so deeply about this. We want to help you. And one way we can help you is by making available this resource, Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. Uh, Battling cancer is a difficult journey for anyone, not only impacting patients physically, but also emotionally. Uh, Cancer patients often shoulder the burden of anxiety, fear, depression, and guilt. And it's vital for those of us who love them, those of us who are caregivers and cancer care ministers to be sensitive to those needs. And so, Percy, you've put this document together for our benefit. Our listeners can download this by going to healthhopeandinspiration.com and do it right now. Absolutely. There's a, a school of thought that, you know, I've been engaged in and learned over the last five, probably seven, eight years. It's called emotional intelligence. And it is understanding the intelligence of, of one's emotional place and again, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with where people are emotionally or even uh, ascribe to their emotional values, but there's an intelligence of understanding emotionally how we react and how people react. And we all would be better served if we could invest in uh, understanding and engaging in the emotional needs of our fellow brethren and sisters. And in this particular context, certainly cancer patients, they are they are struggling and they are challenged, and we need to invest in the emotional needs of them as they work through their process. Scripture always adds richly to these conversations, and you read a passage earlier I'd like to return to. Well, we'll close strong with Hebrews 10, our, our spiritual nugget for today. And again, it helps us to embrace exactly this school of thought about emotional needs of people and cancer patients. And it says in Hebrews 10, verse 24, and let us consider, hallelujah, how we may spur one another on. We can't support people and their emotional needs if we won't consider how we can support them or how we can love them. Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing because we disagree with each other politically (laughs) or what have you. We shouldn't give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging, praise God, one another, and all the more 
as we see the day approaching, understanding that everyone has meaning, value, and purpose. Thank you, Pastor P, Pastor Percy McRae of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and you've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.